Hello and welcome to Financial Education for the Nation. My name's Warren Shu, and today, the dilemma, property or equities? Okay, so property or equities. Um, when I started as a planner or financial advisor, if I'm honest, back in 1995, um, one of the biggest obstacles that I came across is people saying to me, hey, do you know what, Warren? Bricks and mortar are my pension. I don't need a pension. I don't need to invest in the stock market. I've got my home. I've got this buy to let, that buy to let. Um, and that's going to be my, my pension. Over the time, um, we saw different things. It kind of went away a little bit during the um, financial crisis because mortgages are so much more difficult to um, get hold of. And we saw that a lot of properties went negative. You know, they started losing value. See, when I started investing, uh, when I bought my first property in 1995, up until about sort of 2000, house prices just went up and then they carried on going up into the global financial crisis in um, 2007, 2008. It was only then when it got a little bit rocky. With the stamp duty holiday recently, I've kind of seen the emergence of um, people wanting to get back into property. The angle seems to be a little bit different now. Lots more people are looking at HMOs, houses and multiple occupancy, which if I'm honest, is not an investment. That's a job because unless you, <laughs> unless you employ someone to manage it for you, there is a job there. Um, so you've got to bear in mind what's the difference here. So an investment is something that I can take my capital, place it at risk, and I'm rewarded for that risk over time. Whereas a business or a job is where I then have to put my time and effort in and work it. And there is a difference. Just recently, I had a good friend who just called me and said, you know, do you ever consider investing in the property market? Why do you always invest in stocks? And I said, well, no, I don't. I just, yeah, I'm quite happy investing in the stock market. It just works for me. I've got my job, which I love. You know, I don't need another job. And the stock market rewards me plentifully, you know, for the exposure I'm giving it to risk. There's a logical reason why I believe equities will outperform property. Um, but we don't buy with logic, we buy with emotions, you know, we justify with logic. But I just want to explain or share something with you at the moment. So I had a client the other day um, boast to me uh, in a planning meeting because it's not uncommon for a client to want to sort of say, hey, look, you know, I've done this all on my own back, I've done particularly well, which I applaud, I think it's fantastic. But he bought a property in 2000 for £80,000, So back in 2000, roughly 22 years ago, 80,000 pound, 250. And he's just about to sell it for 210,000 pounds, which is a whopping 130,000 pound gain. Gain, okay, we'll ignore costs for now, stamp duty, legal fees, all the upkeep and all that kind of thing. This was a rental property, it's a nice return, okay? And that's averaged around about three, sorry, 4.5% return a year. Now, if you consider, and I've not looked at this, but I would arguably guess the inflation over that period is gonna be around about 3%, maybe late twos. Okay, so he's done nice, comfortable return on that. So 80,250 up to 210,000 pounds, 4.5% um, return over 22 years. Um, now, if he'd invested that money, that 80,000 pounds, not in Tesla or Microsoft, the you know, high flyers or right move here in the UK, but a boring, straightforward global index fund. Okay, thing I always talk about, a boring, straightforward global index fund, 80,000 pounds, 
he would now be sitting on about £347,000. That's another £135,000. And he's had no tenant. I was going to say no stress. I don't want to say no stress because, you know, he invested in 2000 and the global financial crisis would have dropped that investment by about 50%. Um, So there would be stress during that time or worry potentially during that time, but no effort. If he'd literally just invested it, locked the door into, I'm not looking at these statements. I don't get the house valued every day. I'm not going to get, or even every year, I'm just going to get it valued when I want to sell it. If he just did that, he had the same strategy, he'd be sitting on over another £135,000. So when you buy these funds, you don't, buy, you, you don't buy shares, you do buy shares, but what you're doing is you're buying a share ownership of some of the best companies globally. So don't think about buying a fund, think about buying ownerships in the likes of Apple, Microsoft, ExxonMobil, Johnson & Johnson, Visa. Some of the best companies around the world. So when you go and spend and use your card or when you're on your computer, just think, I own some of this company. You know, Which would you prefer? A rental property in your local town or somewhere where you've got a tenant causing you headaches and you've got to go in and decorate it and deal with the estate agent and there's a bulb broken so they need to replace and they charge you £150 to do that. Otherwise, you've got to do it in your evening, you know, after work and stuff. Or would you rather a share in some of the best companies? Would you like to say you're an owner of Tesla, Microsoft, Apple, ExxonMobil, you know, all these great companies around the world? You might be thinking, okay, well, look, Warren, on that example you just gave where your client went from 80 to 200 plus thousand pounds, you forgot about the rent, okay? So he's getting rent every year for that. Admit, he gets rent from that, and the t- his rental yield was three and a half percent, and that's fairly typical. Typical rental yields, if you can test it in the open market it's about three and a half percent it's different for hmos and that's higher but like i said that is a job that's a reward for the effort you're being put in but after you've taken into account um the letting fees the tax the buildings insurance okay that's just the annual things he's got to pay and then you look at things like the um upkeep so maybe uh, general wear and pet wear and tear over 22 years you're gonna need a new kitchen okay you're gonna need a new bathroom you're gonna need new carpets you're gonna need to give it a good decoration at least probably arguably once a year um you have all these additional costs and let's hope you don't need a new roof that would i believe easily negate that three and a half percent you know, when you take away the tax and all the um, running costs, the insurance you've got to pay out and stuff like that, and then the, all the running costs of the property. And when you say that, I, I kind of would say one will wash the other. So you've got a good property at the end of it, which you can sell. Um, now, my grandmother used to say to me, hey, Warren, remember this. It's not what you make in life that's important. It's what you keep. And when you're investing in, when you're investing £80,000, it would be fairly reasonable. No, no, no. It would be very reasonable for me to manage that money or for you to manage that money tax-free. We can wrap £20,000 up into an ISA and then we're left with sixty. We can manage that quite easily with your capital gains tax allowance and then start moving £20,000 over to ISAs every year. So eventually it's all in ISAs and we don't have to worry about the capital gains or income tax on it. So that money's completely tax-free. So that £80,000 investment is risen and your gain is all tax-free. It's all yours to keep, okay? When you start looking at property, you're paying between 18 and 28% capital gains tax on that. That's a third almost of your property gone, a nice chunk. A third for the revenue, 
two thirds for you. So, you know, just bear that in mind. You've got a lot of things to consider. Um, now, if you can forge your own home, absolutely buy your own home. That's a place where you make memories, that's stability, that's life's experiences, 100% behind that. But when it's about building your future financial success, your wealth, then back global PLC every time. Um, take some of the best brains, get access to those best brains and best minds, those geniuses out there who are developing, growing the world in the area of technology and genome research and stem cell research and you know everything that's going on is amazing. You get access to those by owning a slice of the company and that's your right. So that's all I've got to say today. You know, property or stock market, I'm sorry, every day I come down to global PLC. It just keeps delivering consistently time in, time out because companies have targets to make. They sell products. Those products create turnover. They pay their costs. They make a profit. And that profit is generally retained so the company could grow in value. And that company grows in value. You get a share of that by your increased share price. Okay, and you don't have anyone coming to you and say, oh, excuse me, we've not hit target this month. Can you help us out? Or excuse me, the cleaner hasn't turned up. Can you go and clean that? Or the bulb is broken. Can you come and replace that? You know, you're just a shareholder. You're an investor. It's a pure investment. Leave the rentals to someone else. Allow them to do it. Okay. I hope that's been of help. Um, this has been a pleasure speaking to you. Please like and share the show. My name is Warren Shu, and this has been Financial Education for the Nation. If you haven't yet subscribed to my channel, please do so. There's a great number of back issues to go through. And remember, what makes us different on your financial journey is the support with access to downloads and templates on warrenshoot.com, the YouTube videos and podcasts, as well as access to me, a multi-award winning certified financial planner and certified international coach. So please do engage and let's get your finances sorted together.